Hey, welcome to Life in the Leadership Lane. I'm your host, Bruce Waller, where I get to talk to leaders that are making a difference in the workplace and in our community. What did they do to get started and what are they doing to stay there? And we are in season three. Can you believe it? We are in February. January is gone. February is here. And we're going to kick off February with a dynamic leader. Her name is Callie Miller. Callie is the Vice President of Client Services at High Profile. She is certified with her HR certification, uh, with her PHR, as well as her SHRM CP. She's also got a CSP uh, in staffing as well. And she is our 2022 Dallas HR president. And I'm so excited to have you on the show. Hey, Callie, how are you doing? I am fabulous, Bruce. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here today. You know, I always like to reflect whenever I start the show and I think back, like, when did I meet Callie Miller? And man, it has to be 10 years. When did you get involved in Dallas HR? Do you remember what year it was? Oh, gosh. Yes, I remember getting involved around 2007-ish and then kind of taking a little hiatus and then coming back on the scene probably around 2010. So it's been well over 10 years. I've been around and about Dallas HR and serving and being plugged in and certainly the year that you were president. So um which was 2012, and it seems so long ago. I mean, I'm like, I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, yeah, I was president, former president of Dallas HR, but whenever I say in 2012, I mean, are you kidding me? Man, <laughs> it is 10 years ago uh, this year. So uh, congratulations. First of all, congratulations. I'm so excited uh, to watch your journey as the uh, incoming president for Dallas HR. Uh, we're going to get into talking about Dallas HR. Uh, we're also getting get into recruiting, talent acquisition. And but before, as we kind of kick things off, I would love for you to share just a brief highlight. And by the way, we had somebody else on the show from High Profile, your CEO, Bronwyn Allen, in season yes. two, and she was absolutely incredible. Tell us a little bit about uh, High Profile and, and how you serve your customers. Absolutely. So High Profile is a Dallas-based staffing firm that specializes in placing administrative, accounting, finance, and human resource professionals on a contract, contract to hire, and direct hire basis. So essentially, we're here to connect talent with opportunity, and we come to work to change lives. So we are all about um, identifying top talent here locally and then connecting them with amazing companies and best places to work here throughout the Metroplex. Okay, when you say the words change lives, it gets my attention. I absolutely love. What do you, I'm just curious, before we get into your story, like what, what is it that you love? I mean, I think this is, is this the only job you've been in? So I had, I had some jobs early on, but I would say this is, I mean, this is my first start at talent acquisition and recruiting. Um, and I just kind of fell into it. And um, in, when I joined the company back in 2006, what you talked oh. about reflecting in 2012, I'm thinking, oh, so I just celebrated <laughs> 15 years uh, this past December uh, with being at high profile and, and have had the incredible opportunity to start off um, as a recruiting coordinator and then work my way through uh, recruiting across all of our divisions. Um, so I've been able to experience recruitment with administrative, accounting finance, human resources, and then transitioned onto our client services team back in 2012 
Um, and then it started that journey um, and really becoming more client facing and working to identify those opportunities for us to be able to uh, present to candidates. Um, but with that said, I mean, it, it is about changing lives. I mean, when you think about the amount of time that we each spend at work each day and within our careers, the amount of money and time we invest throughout college and through our certifications and, and the efforts that we make to get to where we want to be or where we would like to be, um, we spend a lot of time at work. And so you think about how life changing it is to be in the right job and how uh, life taking and deflating it can be to be in the wrong job. So we really see it as, as part of our mission and what we exist to do is to really come to work to change lives and to hopefully help people identify their next career opportunity, a place they can call home, a place that they can grow, learn and excel, and then become the best person they can be. I love that. I let me listen. I love that you love what you do. And I know you love what you do because I can feel the joy uh, as you share that. Hey, I want to know, uh, uh, you know, me and you have known each other for a long time, but I would love to uh, dive a little bit deeper and just share the Kelly Millie story. Like how, like, where did you grow up and, and how did you get into talent acquisition? Absolutely. So um, I was born in the great state of Louisiana. Uh, Metairie, Louisiana is where I was born. And uh, when I was around five years old, my dad received a job opportunity transfer to Houston, which moved us away from all of our family. My mom's one of six uh, uh, children, um, all born and raised in, in Picayune, Mississippi, a small town. Um, and uh, you know, it was a big deal for us to move away. And I say us, I mean, we're so my parents because I was a young child. And so we moved to Houston and my dad's career, you know, quickly took off and he was then transferred again to Arlington, Texas, which brought us to the HEB area, which is really where, you know, we grew up, um, you know, in, in kind of thinking through and preparing for this about my career and what started it. Um, I've been working since an early age. In fact, my dad loves telling the story about me starting being entrepreneurial at a young age, which I was. Um, and for those of you um, who uh, share the same love for the Babysitter's Club back in the day. And um, that was really popular when I was uh, growing up. And so I really had it in my blood and, and in my mind that I wanted to start a, a babysitting business. And so mm -hmm. my dad sat down with me and we talked through what that would look like and, you know, how I could earn the trust of parents. You know, here I am 11, 12 years old. And so why would someone want to leave their child with me? So um, I told my dad I would do the research and do the homework and uh, brought it back to him. And so talked to him and my mom. And so I signed up for the CPR uh, Red Cross class and got CPR Red Cross certified. And I created my little flyers with a little peel off and you tear off your phone number. And my parents, you know, they told me, hey, if you, you get this thing going, we'll get you your own phone line, which, hey, as a preteen teen, that's like a big <laughs> deal, right? This is before iPhones and cell phones. And so I did. I was able to, to secure my own phone line and build a pretty you know, good repeat customer base of individuals that I would babysit for in the neighborhood and then ultimately went on to do some nannying and things um, throughout, you know, junior high and high school. So um, I would say, you know, in terms of getting started in the workplace and the workforce, it started at a young age and something that was kind of in my blood and then landed my first job when I was 15. I was one of those weirdos that, that begged my parents to get a job and scoured every place that would hire at 15. So there were just a few options. A Sonic and Spring Creek Barbecue and um, started at Spring Creek Barbecue and did that whole deal and then ended up working for a closed door pharmacy doing some office admin work and then landed my first like corporate job and mm. I was 19 years old and um, actually through some people at church um, they knew me for my student leadership I was really involved in our youth group and 
um, led a lot of student groups and served as that volunteer staff for our youth group. And so one of the couples there um, owned a company and they had an office in the Crescent and they reached out to me and said, hey, there's this admin role with this company that we're affiliated with and we think you'd be a great fit. You know, we'd love to send your resume. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, and really naive and green and innocent, but really excited. And so went for the interview, got the job. You know, here I'm 19 years old, reporting in downtown to the Crescent every day. Um, and it was really an incredible opportunity. It was in the sports and entertainment management uh, field. We had a lot of high profile clients and, and individuals that were celebrities, both local and, you know, just talent coming in. And so it was really a neat, neat experience. And in my mind at that time, and based on the way I was raised and my dad and, and my upbringing, um, I really kind of thought I was just going to retire there. I mean, that's how my mindset was. I was like, this is my career. This is it. <laughs> And sadly, at 5.30 on a Friday afternoon, uh, we were all laid off. Um, we all lost our jobs after, and I'd worked there for about a year and a half, and I was just devastated, uh, Bruce. I just was like, what am I going to do? Mm. <laughs> and so life is, life is over, right? Yeah, it's like, this is over. My career is over. And uh, Daddy Don, as we so uh, affectionately called him, he was our CFO, really nice man, uh, really just such a super guy, such a great influence on my life um, in terms of just his leadership and, and mentorship in terms of how he impacted me. Because uh, when I accepted that opportunity, I had been attending community college and my parents had impressed upon my sister and me both the importance of having our degree and earning a degree. But we also were not a family that where we had parents that saved for college or that we had applied for a bunch of scholarships. I mean, I did some scholarships, some financial aid, but was really paying for it on my own. So I was taking classes, but I, I wasn't making it the priority that I probably knew I should be or that I wanted to be. And so I thought, hey, I've Got this new career at the Crescent. I'm going to focus on that and put school on the back burner. But the day we got laid off, uh, Daddy Don, as I sat there in my puddle of tears, um, he said, I said, what am I going to do? And he said, you know what you're going to do? He said, you're going to feel sad this weekend. This is very disappointing. But you know what? You are young. You're talented. You're going to do great things. But here's what I want to encourage you to do and promise me you'll do. Please go get your degree. Please go get your education. Mm. Find out what it is you want to do and where you want to be and make it happen because you can do it. Um, and it was there that in that conversation, in that moment, in that life lesson learning opportunity where I said, you know what, he's right. I've got like two and a half years left. I need to like make this happen. You know, I need to quit skirting around it. It is something that I want for me. It's something that I believe is important. It wasn't just something I was doing to check a box. I, it was important to me. Um, and so I did. I, I took that opportunity. I was able to go back to my previous uh, gig at the closed door pharmacy where I did office management and, and helped with the pharmacy uh, components with the delivery piece of it. And I was able to go to school full time and earn my bachelor's degree. And um, so that's that. Man, and it feels, I mean, the feeling, do you remember when you got that bachelor's degree, when it was taught you graduate, how good that made you yes. feel? It is the best feeling ever coupled with you get the degree and those of you who have earned your degree, no matter what level, you walk the stage or you accept it and you're so excited. And then I think, I don't remember exactly how long, but it felt like a good four to six weeks after that you're kind of that startled panic, maybe wake up in the morning, like, oh my gosh, did I have a project? Did I miss an email? Am I supposed to be turning in something? Um, but yes, it is definitely one of the best feelings in the world. Any sense of accomplishment like that, whether it's your certification, yeah. a degree, um, you know, completing a course where you're learning something. I mean, it does, it makes you feel so good and accomplished and, and that achiever in me, it's just like such a driver. So 
I love that. I love it. You know, and me and you have known each other for a long, long time. And I did not know some of the things you shared there. And, and uh, you know what, we can even network at church, can't we? Networking yes, we is important, can. right? You know, interesting, you what you talked about there and, and, you know, being laid off, just some of the experiences you went through. Did you ever like even dream that this was setting you up for the role you're playing today? Because you're helping people that have, are in transition many times, right? And, yes. and, and maybe they haven't been laid off. Maybe they have, but you can, like, you can, uh, you have that empathy because you've been through some of those things, right? Yes, absolutely. And I would say too, even though that was early on in my career, and I've been so fortunate to be able to work um, at and high profile for the last 15 years and haven't had to experience that even through the great recession and even going through most recently with the COVID pandemic, I've been so fortunate to maintain my, my career and my job within high profile. I will say that that feeling and that moment of how I felt at Friday at 530 um, in the afternoon being told I don't have a job anymore and I won't have a paycheck. And quite frankly, they weren't sure that we'd have final paychecks. I mean, it was a scary time, you yeah. know? And so it was a great learning opportunity and it was a great opportunity to experience and feel that because to your point, I do have that empathy and can totally empathize and sympathize with individuals at all stages of their career when they're going through those major transitions. Um, and, and it can be very tough. So um, I think it is important when we have those experiences because it helps us to be better leaders, better friends, better just better people all around yeah no I love that and you know it sounds like you had a pretty good mentor uh, with your CFO encouraging you to uh, I love that you know just take this week go ahead and be down and out but after that go get that degree um, and, and, and incredible to have people around you I, I always like to ask you know were there some other mentors that have helped you along the way and uh, if they were who were they and maybe what did they do for you Yes. So, you know, that is a loaded question. And I know you can agree with that, Bruce, because when I think about when I'm asked that question and I, I get asked that often, like, who are your mentors? Who helped you get, who framed where you're at today? Who influenced you? Gosh, the list is just endless. I mean, yeah. I, it's, it's kind of like you freeze a little bit because you just, my brain starts becoming yeah. flooded with images and names. And I start thinking, well, that person and this person, that professor and that book and that podcast, that person. Um, and some of these, these individuals might've been just kind of chance encounters. It made, it makes me think about um, two things that come to mind. Um, that poem that uh, the seasons, reasons, lifetime, you know, people come into our lives for a season, for a reason or a lifetime. Um, maybe it's just for a season of your life, you encounter someone and they're kind of in and out and, and you, you don't really maintain any sort of relationship or connection, but they, they, impact your life in such an, you know, an intense and meaningful way. And then you have those reason when people, you know, it's, it, they're in your life for a reason. And again, it just is specific to that moment, but Hey, it made an impact. And then the lifetime folks and those people that are your ongoing mentors, friends, family members, whoever they may be. And then I also think about a quote um, that floats around that one that's that we're, we're, we are the sum total of our experiences mm. You know, that one sticks out to me because I think, man, it's not just one person or five people or a specific situation. It's so many unique moments and experiences that have shaped and continue to shape, you know, the path that I'm on. And I'm so grateful for that. So, but to answer your question, because I want to answer the question, um, you know, my dad, um, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have amazing parents. My mom and dad are both incredible people, um, both um, really just I adore both of them. My dad really um, 
inspired me from the business frame of mind and, and really um, that the work ethic. And again, my mom had it too. I mean, my parents divorced when I was 11, almost 12 years old. My mom was a single mom. She worked multiple jobs and she definitely instilled and demonstrated the, the uh, work ethic and the drive. So it was there. My dad was in sales. My dad traveled. My dad go on business trips. And my dad, you know, my mom, during the time that they were married, she stayed home with us. And so my dad, I would go to work with my dad. He would take me in. And this, again, you have to keep in mind, this is back in the day. I mean, we didn't have iPhones. My dad had a pager, you know, his beeper would go off. He had to go to a payphone um, and follow up with his clients. And so I, I spent a lot of time shadowing my dad and asking a lot of questions and, and trying to understand and uncover what it was that he was doing each day and, and what drove him and what inspired him. And so even today, as I fast forward to my, my 15 years at high profile and then previous mm. career experiences, and now my dad's retired. Um, he just celebrated his 75th birthday last year. He awesome. is still an integral part um, of my mentorship and my journey as a professional. Um, and even though times have changed and he jokes and says he could never work in today's society and the Zoom, he can't get over working from home, the Zoom meetings, what we're doing now, even being on video, he's just like, this is crazy. Um, but he he did just instill so much of and, and really helped to cultivate that curiosity that I had um, that really played a huge impact into where I'm at today. So I'm grateful for my dad. Um, I mentioned Daddy Don and, and one of my first role bosses and, and other the folks I worked with on that team. I mean, I was I was the young baby. They, I was like their little sister and kid sister and all of those individuals impacted my life and encouraged me. But that conversation with Don that day was so impactful. And I did go on to get my degree. And then I just think about uh, former pastors and leaders in my life, professors at Dallas Baptist University, which is where I ended up um, earning my bachelor's degree. Um, business coaches and mentors. Um, I think about you, Bruce. I mean, we've spent many a time uh, talking over coffee and, and brainstorming after Dallas HR functions and just collaborating together, uh, both being service providers and on the sales side of things. Um, you know, you've impacted my life in very meaningful ways. Um, and then Linda Gwines, I got to spend some time with her. She's one of my all-time favorite people. And I spent time with her and she did some coaching with me. And then I would be remiss to not mention one of the most incredible people who've impacted my life is my CEO, uh, Bronwyn Allen, and who I, I work for and with today. Um, she has impacted my life. I mean, just I can't even describe it. And then even before her and alongside her, our founder, Jock Stafford, um, I would not be where I'm at today without the impact and, and their belief in me and their, their willingness to, you know, trust me and to invest in me both professionally and financially by letting me get my certifications and pushing me to do these things, get involved in Dallas HR, you know, always doing what they could and can to help me reach my true potential. So I'm, I'm so grateful. I love that. I love that. You know, I do a presentation on great leaders or grateful leaders, and you are certainly a grateful leader. First of all, I want to give a shout out to your dad. Happy 75th birthday. You're yes. kidding me. That <laughs> is fantastic. I love that. So appreciate that. And I know he's been a big uh, influence on your life. And yeah, hey, if you're listening to the show right now, you need to get out your pen. You need to get out your notes. I wrote down uh, this poem, uh, Seasons, Reasons, and lifetime. I have not heard of that. I love that. Uh, and then of course, you know, some uh, total of all of our experiences, you're so, man, you're like, that's a bullseye when it comes to our growth and who the people we're surrounded by and what we learn uh, many times, but just by watching, just by watching people, right? 
Um, yes. Man, that is so good. Hey, well, let's let's jump in here. Let's talk leadership 2022. And I do want to get into a little bit of Dallas HR. But before we do that, I always like to ask the question, you know, when it comes to leadership and someone says, hey, Callie, you know what? What is leadership? How how do you typically respond to that? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that is a great question. And I think, you know, um, going to DBU and growing on my leadership journey, um, even as as a student leader in the youth group, which is, you know, a, a large area of where this started for me in, in leading others and really learning and studying leadership even back then, um, are really thinking about, to me, the words that come to mind are influence, coaching, and empowering others. Mm. Um, I, you know, leadership is service. Um, you know, servant leadership was a big um, buzzword. It still is today. And, and people use that a lot. And I think sometimes it gets a big eye roll because it's like, yeah, servant leadership. But when I think about serving others and the people that that I'm leading, we're all leaders. Everyone is a leader. Um, we all have the opportunity to lead and influence others. Um, it's a matter of how we approach that. You know, that's that's my philosophy and thought process on that. I mean, I don't think that, I think it takes commitment. I think it does take dedication and drive to be a leader. Um, but we all know anybody can be a leader and anyone can be a tyrant or a dictator or direct things and sabotage. And, and it takes a lot more work and effort to get to know others, to coach, to, to, to hone in, to identify opportunities to, again, coach, counsel, and help people reach their true potential. And when I think about um, that that question, I think about Zig Ziglar. And one of the quotes that he says that floats around there a lot is that, you know, we can have everything we want if we'll just help other people get what they want. And not that leadership or that serving others is about getting what you want. You know, I don't want that to be misconstrued, but I think it's important for us to remember. And a lot of companies we know, you know, subscribe to this. If we put our employees first, they're going to treat our customers right. And then our customers are going to return. And to me, that's what leadership's about. When you treat your team right, when you value your people, when you meet them where they are, when you care about them and you put the human, you know, in HR, you put the human in leadership and you recognize that we're all people showing up to work each day, but our careers and jobs are not the only thing we're all dealing with. Um, I think it makes a a huge impact and difference. So that would be, you know, my two cents on what leadership is. And then I can't help but mention Craig Rochelle. He's one of my all-time favorite people, uh, you know, and I think about him and he always says leadership is influence. You know, when we have influence, we have responsibility. Yeah, Craig Rochelle, he's the, uh, I think he's the founder of Life Life Church, right? Uh, He has a uh, podcast. I'll I'll put the notes in the uh, show notes. Uh, I've listened to his podcast many times. He always talks about when the leader gets better, the people around him get better. And I just, I I really, I like what he has to say. I love that. Hey, here's what I want to ask you. Uh, And that is, you know, here you are, you're in a leadership position in your organization, great organization. Was it what you thought it'd be? That's a, that's a loaded one. (laughs) Um, So yes and no. I mean, I think, you know, to much as, you know, is given much as required. I think we Mm. have to, you know, remind ourselves that leadership is, is responsibility and it, Mm. you know, there is a a level there of that accountability and there's a responsibility um, for those who take it seriously. You know, you want to do it right and and you want to be a good leader. leader. You want to be someone who can influence and inspire others, or at least in my opinion, that's the kind of leader we should all want to be. Um, but that comes with challenges because, hey, let's face it, we're all human. Um, all of us fall short. We all make mistakes. We all say and do things wrong or wish we would have done or said it better. Um, and I think it's that humility and being humble and, and being open 
to the feedback and the constructive criticism so you can get better, so you can do better. Um, you know, know better, do better. Um, and so with that said, um, you know, I always aspired towards leadership roles. I, I have always been one to raise my hand. Um, I don't have to be the lead. I can totally follow and, you know, submit to other authority and, and let other people drive. Um, but I've always enjoyed um, leading others and leading processes and driving results and, and helping to, again, rally people and get them charged up and excited and, and call things out in them and say, you are so good at X. You need to connect with Y <laughs> over here and let's make this happen. And how can I help you get there? And that really brings me a lot of joy personally. Mm -hmm. So I knew it was something I wanted to do. I wasn't quite sure what it looked like or how I would get there. And I most certainly would have never thought in 2006 when I joined High Profile that I would be in the role that I'm at today doing the work that I'm doing specifically today. Um, so yes and no. I think there have been some things that have been like, I knew I would want to be in leadership and do that. I just didn't know specifically what it would look like. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, there's a lot of work to it, but there's a lot of rewards uh, as yeah. well. And, and of course, you get a chance to influence the process. And that, that's one of the things that I've, I've enjoyed. Hey, I want, I want to ask you, uh, you're, you're in, you're in uh, you know, talent acquisition, recruiting, um, staffing. T tell me, wh what is the, what's the landscape like here in 2022? Uh, what's, it, what's it been like for the last, I don't know, 12 to 18 months? And, and where, where's it headed? Any thoughts? Yes, um, it's definitely an interesting time that we're all living in. I think everyone would agree with that. Um, and it's, it's still a kind of somewhat of a moving target. I think that um, on the surface, what we're all seeing in a lot of talent acquisition leaders and in staffing and recruiter, uh, recruiters are seeing and experiencing right now, it's a very tight market. It's a candidate market right now. Mm -hmm. um, it's very competitive. Um, we're seeing you know, large increases in salary uh, requirements and offers that are being made, lots of counter offers, lots of companies that I think were focused and rightfully so on being very reactive during the COVID pandemic in 2020 and having to kind of sort through and figure out and whether you know, every company is different. So whether they had to face furloughs and layoffs, or maybe they were just surviving and they were able yeah. to maintain their employee base, but maybe their focus couldn't be on, um, you know, retention and, you know, employee engagement because they were just trying to make sure they could pay the bills and keep everyone employed. I think what we're seeing now um, is kind of that reactive state because, you know, folks were home for, you know, 18 months. And they were stuck at home. And I think that's one of the pieces I think is a big takeaway for all of us. Um, for those who were fortunate to work remote or from home prior to COVID, they experienced what that actually looked like. So yeah. you would work in your home office and then you could go out and, and meet your friends for dinner or happy hour or go to your workout class or take your kids to their game or whatever. But when COVID hit, as we all know, we were all trapped at home. So you were working, living, playing, doing everything at home. And for some of us, that meant a lot of time with our families, which for some people was great. And for others, yeah. it wasn't so great. And then for people <laughs> who were single, you know, they were lonely. And, and so we've seen and heard all of the implications of that. And not that that's the focus here today, but I think we're just seeing kind of the domino effect with the mental health um, issues that are out there and the stress that people are facing, I think yeah. with companies, um, the impact to their talent acquisition teams and their strategies. Um, I think those companies that were kind of falling short before the pandemic are really suffering now because um, candidates are, they're not going to chase you down. They're not going to spend hours and days going through a 10-step interview process with you. Um, they're just times have changed. And those times were already changing, but it was a lot easier pre-COVID for 
for companies to really drive that and that set that expectation. But I think now that we've all gone through what we went through, and that was the thing, it leveled the playing field because all of us went through it, you mm. know, and everyone was impacted in different ways. But ultimately, we're all on lockdown. We were all home reflecting. And I think a lot of people made some tough choices. And they said, you know what, I don't want to do this job anymore. I don't want to work mm. for this boss anymore. I don't like this industry. I don't like X, Y, and Z. And so they're going to go find what it is that they like and want to do because they they recognize and actually got to experience, you know, the opportunity to say, I, you know what, I don't have to do this or I don't want to do this. And so I think in, in terms of what we're seeing, again, it's just the tight market. It's a candidate's market. Employers really need to pay attention, in my opinion, to their branding strategies and their follow up and follow through with candidates. The communication is so critical. Um, this whole um, idea of ghosting and not being responsive, inviting people in for interviews, courting them through five and six interviews, and then you just don't get feedback. I mean, these things, that, that's not going to be help employers be set up for success with their recruiting in the future. Um, and then with candidates, I think the other piece too is, you know, um, really recognizing that this is a unique market and it's a kind of uncharted territory and recognizing that things will shift again. And so to make sure too, as job seekers or as candidates and, and folks who are looking in the marketplace to, to realize it won't always be this way, you yeah. know, compensation's gone up now, but things are going to level back out. So just to keep that in the back of your mind, as you are searching for opportunities, it's not all about the money yeah. um, to really look at the full picture. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that. Those are some great tips for both the uh, employer and the employee uh, in this time. I mean, it is a, it is a very, very interesting time. Let me, let me ask you this as, as far as you and your team, like, what do you, what do you talk about each week? What are y'all focused on? I mean, especially when you're talking about these candidates, they don't want to stay, you know, go through all these multiple interviews. I mean, they, they know where they're, you know, that uh, it's a candidate's market, right? Um, right. Are you focused on, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about the customer experience, right? Uh, are you are you focused on um, uh, just that education process? What are y'all talking about in, in, uh, right now in your company? Great question. So for us, I mean, it's, you know, as a um, staffing and recruitment partner to our yeah. clients, you know, we are task and our goal really with any client that we serve is to partner alongside of them and to be an extension of their HR and recruiting team. Okay. You know, we really want to be able to represent them well as an employer and to, to provide that level of service um, and OLA, as we call it, one level above service, but to really be able to help them to attract, recruit and retain the, the best talent um, that's out there. And so on the, the, the other side of that is that we're also representing these candidates, these individuals that are entrusting us with their job search and that are partnering alongside of us and, and coming to us for our expertise and our connections within the local market. And so for us, it's really managing both of those relationships and really yeah. working through that and helping to help everyone navigate uh, the components of that. And so for each client and candidate, that's going to look a little bit different depending on what they are seeking in an opportunity and what the client's you know, requirements and such are. But I think that internally, you know, what we're talking about are ways to encourage our clients to, you know, be cutting edge. What, what are other employers doing? So we've spent a lot of time at high profile uh, conducting surveys, even throughout the pandemic and asking yeah. our clients what they're doing, what's working, what's not, and then sharing those results with other client companies. And on the flip side, doing the same with our candidates, kind of talking about the market, doing our, what we can to help educate both clients and candidates by providing webinars and um, opportunities for folks to learn and come together and share best practices and ideas. Um, another thing that we do as well 
Bruce, and I know you can appreciate this, you know, on the client services sales side of things, you know, um, our team, client services, uh, Kirsten, Madison, and I, you know, all work very closely together. Our recruiters are very involved with our clients as well. Um, but throughout our day to day and what we're doing by nature of our roles is we're talking to a lot of HR and recruiting leaders. We are interfacing, we're hearing the issues, we're hearing what's going on. And so, you know, we're constantly connecting other leaders to other leaders. We're saying, hey, I know three people, would you be open to a conversation? Um, and if they say yes, it's like, hey, let me introduce you to, you know, Sally over here who happened, I know, and I know Sally's open to talk about it. And then there can be some best practices in real time sharing. Because again, sometimes that's all people need is just to kind of hear like, we're not alone or everyone else is struggling with that um, to yeah. kind of help get you over that hump. Yeah. No, I love that. Hey, I wrote, I wrote this down. You just said OLAS. This is the first time I've really heard that. One level above service. What, what's that all about? So that is one of our core values at High Profile. Okay. And we are committed to providing an OLA experience for our clients, candidates, and to one another internally. And it just means just that one level above service, you know, going above and beyond to ensure that the service that's being provided isn't just the run of the mill, you know, that it's one level above. And so that could yeah. mean anything, um, you know, it can mean a lot of different things, but whether that's acknowledging a birthday or a special event, or maybe something, you know, tragic that's happened, maybe it's something as simple as a, a client has back-to-back -back interviews with our candidates, um, and we know they're not going to have lunch break, so we just call in and have lunch delivered to them. You know, Fantastic. these sorts of things that really, um, you know, help them understand that we are here to partner with you. We want this, this isn't just about you know, making a placement and making money and making a fee. This is about changing lives. This is someone's livelihood and this is talent that's being added to your team. And so we wanted to get it right. That is so fantastic. I love that. I wrote that down. O-L-A-S. So you, all of our listeners write that down. Uh, so good. Hey, let, let's talk, let's talk uh, 2022 Dallas HR president. Do you go into, the, you know, did you go into the president this year of, hey, I've got this hundred day plan uh, and I'm gonna work this plan. Like, would it like tell us, uh, tell the uh, the listeners, you know, as president, what does that feel like, and, and what are you gonna do over the next, I don't know, 30, 60, 90 days? Yes. Okay. So, I first and foremost am just so excited and honored uh, to be serving as the 2022 president of Dallas HR. Um, interestingly enough, back in uh, probably 2007, I had had my review with Bronwyn. So again, I started in 2006 and she, okay. you know, charged me, go get involved, go get plugged in. And I didn't know what that meant. And it was very intimidating to show up to one of these networking events, right? I mean, Dallas HR, for those who don't know, I mean, they are the third largest uh, SHRM affiliate chapter. We have over 2000 members here in, in the Dallas area. And so it was a little intimidating to show up, especially as a young professional and to get plugged in, but I did. And I'm so glad that I did. Um, but with that being said, I mean, we are so excited about 2020, 2022. Dallas HR is such a phenomenal organization that has been around for, you know, over 80 years. I mean, it is, it's such an incredible group of folks. It's, um, you know, it's volunteer led, but staff driven. We've got this incredible staff of people here to help us, you know, execute all the ideas and all of the initiatives that we're, we set out to do. Um, and in addition, you know, Dallas HR also powers, uh, the SHRM conference, the official, uh, Texas SHRM conference. So every year we have HR Southwest. Um, that's a big deal for Dallas HR and we're excited to be a part of that. And so this year is no different. Um, we're excited to continue to exist, to advance and connect the regional HR community. And as chapter president, I am leading 2022 with these three words in mind. And what I chose for this year were to reconnect, 
readvance, and reimagine. And for those of you who are part of the Dallas HR organization, you'll know that we exist to advance and connect the regional uh, HR community. I'd mentioned that earlier. And so when I thought about 2022 and I thought about the past two years and what we've all lived through, um, you know, like everyone, uh, Dallas HR is no exception. We learned a lot throughout the pandemic. Um, this group is, you know, went from being meeting in person, all of the events were in person. Um, we had education events and luncheons and happy hours and roundtables and all of these incredible in-person events. And all of that came to a screeching halt. Um, and we were so fortunate to have such an amazing team of volunteer leaders and staff that quickly helped us transition and pivot and get online and start offering great educational content and value to our members and prospective members just to keep people engaged and connected um, with one another. And so um, during this time, we also did a huge um, push on a member survey. So we pushed that out and we really went through a full a strategic planning process because we wanted to understand what it is that our members want and especially taking into consideration the changing landscape and, and where how people consume and want to consume their education and networking opportunities. Um, and I would say, I think for all of us, I mean, we all, I know I'll speak for myself, I value the opportunity to pop online and do things virtually, but I miss the in-person. And there's wow. something that is missed when you cannot be in-person and connect with others and that synergy and those side conversations. Um, those are harder to capture in an online format or setting. Um, so for 2022, I mean, we've got incredible events planned, um, both education and networking events. There's something for everyone. Um, and if, you know, listeners are wanting to get plugged in or they've been on the fence or trying to decide, oh, you know, do I do Dallas HR? I mean, I've got my SHRM membership. Really, I'd encourage you to have both. You need to be a SHRM member and that's at the national level and you get so much great content and resources. But if you are living, working and, and residing, work and play, if you will, in Dallas, Collin County, here in the DFW Metroplex, you need to be plugged in because this is where your local community is. And this is where the HR TA leaders um, and vendors are to help support you on your leadership journey and the things that you're trying to accomplish. I, I appreciate you sharing all that because that's one of the questions I wanted to ask was, you know, why should people get involved? But I want to I want to spin it just a little bit. And, and I want to ask you, so you talked about, you know, showing up a choosing to show up back in 2007. And then of course, you know, you, you, you came back and, and of course today you're serving as president. My, my question for you, Callie, is how has a volunteer organization such as Dallas HR helped you grow in your leadership? What's it done for you? It's done a lot, Bruce. Um, this experience, I mean, it dates back to, you know, again, early in my career, you know, when Bronwyn said, go get plugged in, you know, go mm -hmm. meet people, go network. Yeah. Um, and I did, and I, you know, ripped that bandaid off and, and, you know, put myself out there and got to get to know folks and meet people and start building my network, which led to more opportunities and doors being open and being invited to yeah. do different things like moderate a panel or, you know, come speak on this or come join our committee and be a part of something. And ultimately, don't we all know, we all want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. We yeah. all, you know, want to wake up and, and make an impact, right? At least I do. And so this was a, a this was an opportunity for me to experience expand that. I was able to do it within a uh, high profile, but then to be able to take it outside and to connect with other HR leaders and professionals who have now become friends has been so, I mean, just it's priceless. I mean, you just really can't put, you know, words or, a, you know, a, a value on that. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it's just been an opportunity to really 
again, grow professionally, grow personally, grow my network, um, and just stay connected and in tune with what's going on. And I, you know, it helps with my certifications too, because I do get those CE credits. So you, know, you can't, <laughs> can't pass that up. <laughs> you got to keep your certification up. Absolutely. Yes. You know, I, I, I asked that question because there are, there, there may be some people listening today is like, man, I want to get out. I want to get involved, but I'm so busy at work. I just don't have time. Um, or, you know, and I want them to hear, I want everybody to hear how, you know, it's, it's not about spending time outside the workplace. It's about investing in you, right? Yes. Investing in those relationships and, and, and talking to people about what's going on outside the workplace to allow you to bring back ideas to your workplace, right? Absolutely. And, you know, being in the talent acquisition and staffing space, and we talked about this earlier when you touched on, you know, folks that get laid off and having that empathy, yeah. I can, I, I've heard numerous times in my 15 years in this space and, and talking with folks and even in my personal life, when folks face transition, this could be, you know, whether it was intended transition, maybe they left an opportunity and thought grass was greener or felt like they received a better opportunity. And it wasn't, and they struggled um, or situations where they were promoted and maybe they were stepping up maybe two levels above and they maybe weren't as equipped or prepared as they thought. And they lack a network. They don't have, they have not aligned themselves with individuals that they can tap into. They were so siloed in reporting to work each day, doing their thing and, and climb the ladder and checking the boxes, which is great. And there is a space for that. And we do need to do that and be dedicated. We're, our, we're all busy. We all have things going on. We all have responsibilities. But this is carving out that time to really make a choice to say, I want to give back to others. I want to invest. And in turn, folks are going to invest back into you. Even if you don't show up with that in mind, it's going to happen naturally. Not only are you going to get from the content, you know, and gather things from those pieces, but you're going to meet people around the table. You're going to meet people, you know, having a glass of wine or what have you and being able to talk through and share best practices and ideas. And it might expose you to something that you never even knew was possible. Yeah, no, that's so good. And I will put Dallas HR website link in the show notes. So if somebody wants to learn a little bit more about Dallas HR and get involved, and of course, I'll have your contact information. They can certainly follow up with you. I, I love that. There, there's so much here. I could talk for hours and hours and hours on not just um, what you're doing today, but also in the on the volunteer leadership as well. I mean, you're, I'm so excited to watch your journey and you got a pretty good team around you, don't you? incredible team. I mean, both at high profile and then also with Dallas HR. I'm so excited. President-elect this year is Mike Pierce. And Mike Pierce. Mike Pierce. He's going to be and fantastic. Yes. So excited. And we actually got to lead uh, CCHR, um, which is Dallas HR basically in Collin County. Okay. And we did that together. He's just an incredible guy. And I'm looking forward to leading this year with him, along with all of our amazing directors and director-elects. It's going to be a great year. Um, and one thing to mention, too, is when yeah. they're checking out DallasHR.org, make sure you check out um, our big event in February. We've got that HR Stars Gala, where we're going to be recognizing HR leaders and professionals, both individual and companies, for their achievements. Uh, here in the community, we'll be at the Weston uh, Galleria um, on Saturday, February 19th. And there are still tickets, tables, and sponsorships available. So I'm so glad you uh, mentioned that. That is a great event. I think Dustin Pascal actually came up with that idea a couple of years ago. But yes, that is a wonderful event. It's an evening event uh, and, and it's all about recognition. And so I'll definitely put that in the show notes as well, uh, Callie, though. That, that's fantastic. Hey, let me, uh, let me ask you before we shift. I mean, the time just flies. I want to I ask you, um, 
Have you ever been given any advice in your career? Like it was so good. You just find yourself sharing that with others. There's a few things. Yes. It kind of dates back to my dad. Um, I've got a lot of his isms. In fact, I have them printed off and hanging over here. Um, my Charlie isms and even my colleagues laugh. They're like, Oh, there's a Charlie ism. Um, but really, you know, my dad always said this growing up. And as I've gotten older, I understand what he, he, he means by this, you know, no real advice. You know, I don't ever want to give advice to people, just give suggestions, you know, mm. and these are just ideas and things for you to maybe consider. Um, but a couple that come to mind um, are you lose your head, you lose your behind. Um, my dad told us that our whole lives growing up when we were little, little, he'd say, you lose your head, you lose your behind. And of course, as a kid, at least for me, I was like, what does that even mean? Uh, but now that I'm an adult and I'm a professional and I'm a mom and a wife, I understand now that when we lose our heads, you can lose your behind. You get mm -hmm. so out of whack and you get so, everything gets so crazy. And so to remember to keep things in perspective, keep things in focus, um, you know, remember, never forget where you came from. You know, mm -hmm. my dad's always said that don't ever forget where you came from. Remember where you started. And as a leader, that helps you to remember that we all start somewhere. And sometimes yeah. as leaders, we can have these expectations placed on people. We think we don't want to deal with having to manage people and deal with all that. I just want to be an individual contributor because it's such a hassle and a beating to help people. But remember, you've got to where you're at today because of multiple people, experiences, and events not by your own doing. You know, there's only so much we can do on our own. It does take others to help us get to that next level. And so I think that's important. Um, and then another thing too, that some coaches and I've heard repeated and kind of in summation is, you know, focusing on the things we can control. Mm. As I've gotten older, I've recognized there's a lot less things we can control. We think we're in control, but we're, we're really not. But there are certain things we can control. We can control our attitude. We can con control how we show up, how we choose to engage in the day. We can choose joy. We can choose leadership. We can choose to listen. Um, we can choose to serve others. That's a choice that I can control, you know, and I can do it or not. Um, and then when it comes to business, another one from Charlie, uh, focus on facts, figures, formulas, and principles. He said that my whole life. And he still says it today. If I call him with an issue or event or anything, he's like, but what are the facts? Where, you know, where are we at here on this? And, and where, where are the form, what's the formula on this one? Because we got to stick to the facts because oftentimes we can get emotional and caught up in our own heads and we lose sight and back to you lose your head, you lose your behind, you know, like just kind of all ties together. Charlie isms. I love that. Oh my gosh. There is so much here. here here's, I want, I want to end this part right here. And I, I want to know like, what drives you though? Like what really drives you every day? I mean, you, you're, you're the type of leader that wants to get better every day. I, I can just see it. You want to help people get better. What, like what drives that? You know, what drives it truly is, I would say at the heart of it is just my faith. Um, and just, um, knowing, um, who I am and whose I am and, mm. and focusing on those components. Um, that's really what drives me. Uh, in addition to that, it's my family, my husband, my children, um, just a deep desire to, to be who, who all, um, I'm called to be. And I believe I'm called to be, yeah. um, and to really, um, do my very best each day, which I definitely fall short and I'm not perfect, but to try every day to strive to, to live out my life in a way, um, where I am maximizing and doing everything I can to do the things that I believe God's called me to do. I'm going to do it in a way that that's pleasing to him. And, and that's a good experience for those around me. Um, so that's really what drives me. I mean, I think at the heart of it, it, it's really my faith and then really just the opportunity to be able to make a difference and make an impact. Uh, that's really what it boils down to. 
you're definitely driving in the leadership lane. You are changing lives and you're doing it not just in the workplace, but you're doing it outside the workplace too. And I'm, I'm excited about your journey ahead. Hey, I want to shift over to the, uh, uh, the time to accelerate is what I call it to ask you just some fun facts as we kind of close down the, the interview. And the first question I always like to ask is, do you, would you rather read a book or listen to a podcast? Cause I know you do both. I do both. And it's hard to pick, but I would say if I was choosing, it would be a podcast or an audible book, but I do have lots of books, lots of them. Um, one of my faves here, <laughs> Life in the Leadership Lane. And um, I would say too, Craig Rochelle, another shout out to one of my favorite uh, coaches, leaders, and mentors. I read last year, The Winning the War in Your Mind. We read that mm. like 2020. Mm. And, and it's such an amazing book and talking about the power of our thoughts and how, how they, deeply they impact us. I love that. Uh, winning the war on your mind. In your mind. Yep. In, uh, in your mind. Show. Okay, good, good. I'll put that in the show notes. That's fantastic. Hey, I want to, I want to ask you, you know, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, great leaders are grateful leaders. I could feel the gratitude when you were sharing earlier, like, like, what do you like, what drives that? What are you grateful for? You know, I would say my health and my family and the opportunity to do what I love. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's it, to pick one thing, you know, it's, it's hard to do because so many things are intertwined, but I just think, you know, I, I woke up this morning, I've got breath in my lungs. I've got the opportunity to show up and I get to make a choice to do that and how I'm going to show up. And so I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose to show up in my best possible way. Um, and really just try to keep my focus on again, the things that I can control and focus on and, and help helping others get to where they want to be. And I, that brings me a lot of joy. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I love that. Hey, you know, I know you you work a lot. And and that, that's one thing that is definitely a clear and, and I can see that you, you're a very, very, very hard worker. You put it you put in the time outside of volunteering for Dallas HR outside of working at high profile. What energizes you? Ah, just connecting with others. My family, first and foremost, I really enjoy being able to spend time and have time um, with my boys and my husband and, and my family. Um, and, and really, to me, when I think about that question, it comes down to just connecting with others. And others can be those avenues of both the professional side and the personal side. So what I enjoy doing is being with others, whether it's um, my girlfriends and, and having or being a part of a Bible study, um, connecting to have folks over for dinner or meeting folks out for dinner and just being able to talk and share and do life together. That really energizes me. Yeah, that's fantastic. Oh, man, we're down to our final question. But I got to tell you, I'm really excited about not just you uh, leading this year, but also being part of Texas SHRM. Uh, hopefully you get to the National SHRM Conference. I think that's in New Orleans this year. Um, so excited to watch your journey ahead. Um, but here is the final question we have for the show today. Uh, probably my favorite question I like to ask, and that is Callie, 10 years older, is knocking at your door and you are going to go answer that door. What is she going to tell you? I think she would say, and it would probably echo a little bit of, of Charlie, but just to remember who you are and whose you are, the best is yet to come. Mm. I think that's what she'd say. The best is yet to come. <laughs> oh my gosh, this has been so much fun. You're definitely driving in the leadership lane. Hey, if someone wanted to connect to learn more about maybe high profile, maybe they're looking for a job. Or maybe it's a, a company that needs some help with their with their uh, candidates, or they want to know something about Dallas HR. I mean, there's a lot. How would they connect with you, Callie Miller? 
connect with me. You can connect with me personally and directly on LinkedIn. Just search Callie Miller and I'm on there. I'd love to connect. Just reach out, send me a message um, and we can connect there. You can also visit highprofilestaffing.com to learn more about high profile, the opportunities and a sampling of the opportunities that we have available. And also to learn more about how we could help you with uh, your staffing and recruiting needs. I love it. I appreciate you coming on the show, sharing your wisdom. And again, uh, excited to watch you lead uh, Dallas HR in 2022 and uh, appreciate your friendship. And I, I can't wait to share this conversation. Thank you, Bruce. This is such an honor. Thank you for all you do for the leadership community and for inspiring and leading others so well. I appreciate so much this opportunity and uh, look forward to seeing you in person soon. Awesome. Can't wait to share it. Okay. Talk to you later.